In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. So we started this new series called Every Member is a Minister, and really looking at how part of the purpose of God for our lives is to serve Him. Um, And uh, last week we talked about how God has created us before time began to do good works that he prepared for us also before time began. So God prepared good works for us and then he created us to do them. And we use this analogy of like a screwdriver, like a flathead screwdriver fits in flathead screws and they're made for each other. God has made you and me for a purpose. Michael Jordan says, building on all of what we talked about last week, Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. Something, there's something fundamentally different between talented individuals and a winning team. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If, uh, how many people here are familiar with uh, like hockey and the NHL trophies? Anybody? Show of hands. Yeah, I was really, really big into hockey as a kid, and I would have been able to name all of these trophies back in the day. So the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy is for the player who exhibited the best type of sportsmanship. Um, the Hart Memorial Trophy is for the, is for the most valuable player. The Vezina Trophy, I was a goalie, it was my dream to win the Vezina go- Trophy, is for the top goalie. The, the Calder Memorial Trophy is for the Rookie of the Year. But if you don't know that much about hockey, you certainly probably know what the one smack dab in the middle of the screen is. That's the Stanley Cup. You never heard of these trophies for the most valuable player, or the best goalie, or the best rookie of the year, or the best individual player, but you certainly know the trophy that goes to the winning team. And although, although I know a lot of you here in the room personally, and you're incredibly talented people, It takes a lot more than talent to be a winning team. A team does more than what one team member on their own could ever do. And that's that's what we're talking about today. That every ministry is momentous. Every ministry, every role in the church, every role in the body of Christ has incredible importance in and of itself and left undone would leave a massive gap, gaping gap. Aristotle says the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, which is something we frequently phrase. And this is even more true in the church and in the body of Christ because the sum of the parts does not take into account that which is unseen. Forgive me if you allow me. He who is unseen, the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit working in the church. St. Paul gives us a beautiful analogy, probably the best that we, could, that we could use. I mean, I looked all over the place for other analogies, but honestly, I couldn't find one to top the one St. Paul uses of, of the body. He says that we are the body of Christ. Because I am not a hand, or I am not, I'm, because I am not a hand, shall I say I am not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? 
This is the key verse, so we're going to come to it a, a couple of more times, that he set all the members in the body as he pleased. So the body and its functions are for his good pleasure. So when he chose a hand to be a hand and a foot to be a foot, it was for his good pleasure. That's the purpose, is his good pleasure, to give him pleasure and to give him joy. See, our problem is that we have a hierarchy in our minds of the importance of different things in the body, right? And so we may, maybe we feel that way because we see hierarchies all around us. You see a hierarchy at work. You even come to church and you see a hierarchy. There's like chanters and then there's readers and then there's deacons and then there's the priest and then there's the bishop and then there's the pope. So maybe because of all of this hierarchical system, we find ourselves thinking that one thing is better than another, one thing is more important than another, one thing is higher than another. When really, in all of these systems, all of these things function together, and without them, the whole system would fail. Maybe it's because we ourselves have been touched very much by somebody in a particular position. So, because we, we, we had a particular experience, for example, with a CEO, we think the CEO is more important than, you know, whoever and whoever, right? Regardless, the point is this, is that we weren't placed in these different positions in the body because one person is better. One person has excelled another and so he has ascended from being a hip joint to a navel, you know? It's not like that. It's each member of the body has been placed where it belongs because it brings pleasure to God. The ultimate answer to because, to, to why, is because it brings him pleasure. You like strawberry ice cream, and I like chocolate, and you like vanilla. Each person of us likes what we like, and I don't like strawberry ice cream. I would rather eat a bag of chips than eat strawberry ice cream, right? But that's me. That's you. Different things bring us pleasure. What brings God pleasure is seeing you in the place that you belong, in the body, thriving and happy and fulfilled and living out the fullness of your potential. You know what St. Irenaeus says? St. Irenaeus says, the glory of God is man fully alive. Like you living to the fullness of life. That is when God says, I am glorified to my fullest. God's glory is man fully alive. You in your place, doing your thing to the best of your ability. God looks at that and it's like the seventh day of creation to him. He looks at that and Mm -mm. Ah, that's it's perfect there's nothing i can't touch that that's just that's it that's it you know that's it it's perfect right think of a puzzle when you start a puzzle where do you start you start from the edges when you look at a puzzle what do you never look at the edges every part serves a purpose some of them are like you know for me to stand here and speak into this microphone to all you nice people who are sitting on chairs eating good food, you know how many people have been involved in this process? The only one that you see is me. But people made the food, people set it up, people bought the tablecloths, people, people cleaned, people mopped the floors, people set up the coffee, people cleaned the washrooms, people set up the chairs. So many people do so many things 
And it all comes together at the end. If you guys come one day and there are no chairs, you'll know something happened to the person who sets up the chairs. If you come one day and there's no food, you'll know something happened to the person who brings the food. If you come one day and you don't have to listen to me, you'll know, thank God, something happened to Abuna, right? But all joking aside, right? Each person is critically important, but each job, each role is critically important as well. And that's what we're talking about today. We oftentimes feel like we're not important. We oftentimes feel like we're replaceable. We oftentimes feel like anybody could do what I could do. Yeah, but somebody's got to do it. See, that's the problem that a lot of us have and that we, in a lot of institutions we have. And I'll tell you, the people that, that I worked with, that I saw rise to the top, were the people that did anything that anyone could do without somebody asking them. They just did it. They just saw the need and they just took permission. Hey, do you mind if I? And they just did it. There's no role there's no job, there's no member of the body of Christ which is not important. When we feel like something's important, we might do it, I don't want to say forgive me, half-heartedly. Jeremiah has a really scary verse about this. says, Cursed is the person who does the work of God with laxity or half-heartedly. Or, you know, the, the, the word there for lax means like, you know, if a, if a rope is taut or if a rope is loose. You know, loosey-goosey. In Colossians it says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. This verse changed my work life. It changed my work life because no matter what I'm doing, if I'm writing some dinky report that nobody is ever going to read and is going to take me all afternoon, it doesn't matter because God himself is looking over my shoulder. God himself, I have to do everything to the standard that is worthy of my God and I also have to do everything with the full knowledge of his mercy. How relieving is that? Yes, I got to work Nothing is unseen by my boss because he sees everything. But he's also full of grace and mercy. So we need to embrace our place, our role, our job in the body, our abilities, our gifts, all that stuff we're going to talk about next week, right? And give it our all and give it value. Its value is not its its value is not in that I mop the floors so people don't slip and fall. Its value is in I'm doing this and it brings pleasure to my God. Like my God sits there in heaven and he's tickled with joy because I'm doing what he put me in the body to do. Sometimes we feel like this role or this job is not important. Look what St. Paul says. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our, presentable, our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. All righty here. Sorry, we're going to kind of go into the uh, adult version here, 
okay? This, the stuff you've got below the belt, right? Nobody sees that. Why? Because it's your honor, it's your dignity. I'm not just going to run around naked in the streets, right? Why? Because I bestow greater honor on it. Not just anybody gets, everybody gets to see my face, right? But not everybody gets to see the stuff I've got below the belt, right? On, on those parts which seem to be more modest, which seem to be more, you know, like for which we should, you know, give them more, they get less attention, they get less face time, we actually give them more modesty, right? First operation I ever participated in was called an abdominal perineal resection. It's when somebody has a rectal cancer that is so low down, close to the anus, that they can't, they can't take out the rectum and save the anus. The anus is the thing that gives you control, right? It's the, and that's what you can feel, you know, like you, you, you clench, you hold it in, you know, that's, that's, that's the anus. Okay, sorry for, I told you, it's going to get like adult version here, okay, right? So, but the reservoir above that, the reason why we don't go poo like five to ten times a day, right, is because we have a reservoir where we can hold it in until it's a socially acceptable time to go, right, relax the anus and let 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 you know let the river flow right so when when we have to take out somebody's rectum and can't spare the anus we take the whole thing out and then and then and we just sew the bum up shut because there's nothing there anymore and you know the stuff's got to come out somewhere so we give them what we commonly call a bag or it's called a colostomy right You know what I was so shocked about? With patients who have had an abdominal perineal resection, they're never gonna poo again, it just comes into the bag. I thought to myself, this is amazingly practical. You just go ditch the bag, put a new one on, or wash it, whatever, right? You know what I mean? And like, the whole going number two thing is like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. No. People, the one thing all the patients come and talk about is how much they miss going number two. I guess you don't thank God for stuff until you lose it, right? You know, and I can tell you, I never thank God for the ability to go, to go poo, right? But you lose it, you miss it. There are things in our body we have never thanked God for, and most of us will never thank Him for. There are things in the body of Christ, roles and jobs in the body of Christ, which are the unsung heroes of the body of Christ. And no one's going to thank them. But when they're gone, oh man, are we going to miss them. Oh man, are we going to miss them. St. John Chrysostom says, Even if you're given a lesser gift than that which is given to someone else, the grantor is the same. And therefore, your honor is the same as his. The honor bestowed upon the person who scrubs the toilets is the same as the honor as the person who does the most honorable thing, whatever. This is a beautiful icon, by the way, St. John Chrysostom, being taught by St. Paul. The, the history of the church or the, the tradition of the church says that St. Paul himself instructed St. John Chrysostom. St. John also says, 
someone may be feeling like a failure when he sees that someone else has got a greater gift than his. Yet it would be different with ministries where labor and sweat are required. For why would you complain if someone else is given more labor to make you comfortable? That person got a really hard job. I got a really easy job. Well, why didn't somebody, why didn't, why didn't they give me the really hard job? Let the guy, let the guy sweat it out. You're both getting the same reward, right? You're both getting the same reward. So why are you upset that he's sweating it out? Let him sweat. God gave you an easy job this season. Enjoy it. St. John also says, Even as God did not grant the greater gifts to everyone, so also did he give the lesser gifts to some and not to others. He did this in order to obtain the maximum of harmony and love, since each one would see his need of the others and therefore be brought closer to them. When I see my brother's need... I run to help him. That brings love and harmony in the body of Christ. The solution is to realize that every one of us has a role, has a job, has a place, and that every one of those roles, those jobs, are a, bring equal pleasure to God. Again, from, this is all from 1 Corinthians 12. Right? For the body does not consist of one member but many. If the foot should say, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the body, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But is, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Give you an example. Have you ever uh, gone to type up a letter, type something up on your laptop or your computer, and one of the keys popped off? It's the most annoying thing in the world, especially if it's like an E or an A. It's always a letter that you use a lot, right? And then, like you, and there I am trying to stick it back on and trying to, you know, right? One letter makes the whole keyboard, like, not useless, but nearly, you know? You have to, like, depend on your spell check and your mouse to make things work. Every one of them, every one of them serves a critical role. St. John Christum also says, God has placed each part of the body where he has chosen. So we must not inquire any further as to why he has done it the way he has. For even if we could come up with 10,000 explanations, we would never find one better than this, that it pleased the creator to make it the way he chose. Look, get this. The father looks down at Jesus in the river Jordan with his head under John the Baptist's hand. And a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In as much as you are a, a member of the body of Christ, in as much as you are in Christ, what is said to Christ is said to you. God takes pleasure. He takes pleasure in you. He enjoys, he enjoys you. And that is that is enough reason for why God has done what he has done. Let's do an exercise together, okay? We've, um, 
We've prepared something for you all here. I'm going to ask a couple of people to uh, up at the front here if they can hand them out. If you need a pen, you're going to need a pen. So if you need a pen, there's some over here. I'll place them in the middle of the room. Let's try and do, let's try and do this exercise together, right? In 2 Corinthians, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Most of us take a lot of things that people do for us in our lives for granted. I do. I certainly do. My wife is here. She knows. There's so many things that I take for granted and I remember to be grateful. I remember to be grateful either when I'm about to lose them or when I do. Take a moment now and name five services in the church that you'd never really stopped to think about before. Just look around you. Everything that's done here, we're, we are an entirely volunteer-run organization. I'm the only full-time staff, and my assistant is, is, on, is on contract full-time. Everything else that's done here is done by servants and volunteers. Two people could not run this place if their life depended on it. Pause and ask yourself, name five things that you don't think you've thanked God for before, and write them down. Okay, that was the harder part. The next question says, in one sentence, write out why each of these services is important and thank God for placing these five services there. Anytime I'm trying to put attach a value to something, the most useful question I find to ask is why? Like if I'm trying to lose weight, you know, if I can list five to seven reasons why this is critical to me, and keep those before my eyes, I'm much more likely to stick to my routine than if I don't, right? So ask yourself, why are these things important? Some, some of them may be obvious. 
And this isn't like, don't, don't like, there's like a side like tangent here, which is to say, yeah, but wouldn't that lead us to vainglory? Like if I say, oh, like this is so important, you know, no, no, no. St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. God, count, God decided that I was faithful and then told me to serve him in this way. When, if you read the verses that come after 13 and 14, he says, while I was a persecutor of the church, wrecking havoc on the church, being an insolent man, but I did it ignorantly, so God had mercy on me. Right? So, God himself has chosen you and said, you are faithful, come and serve me in this way. Right? So it's not about vainglory. That has nothing to do with vainglory. Give you another minute to do that. Here's the next part, which might require a little bit of sleuthing. Do you know who does those things? Try and find out. Ask around. Come and ask me. Or, or the, ask the people that you see here all the time. Who does those things? And make it, make it your mission to thank them this week. To walk up to them and say, thank you for taking care of the coffee bar. Thank you for ordering the Nespresso pods. Because I don't think I could make it till 1 p.m. on a Sunday without some espresso. Thank you for fi find those people and thank them. If you look inside a clock, you'll see that there's a whole bunch of different sizes of gears, but they all serve, they all have a role, they all serve a purpose. They're all doing something. And the last one is to stop and pray and ask God, look around and see what could be done better. This isn't a criticism. Just the same as the last one was not praise or vainglory. It was just gratitude. This, is, this isn't a criticism. Look around and see what you think could be done better. And ask yourself and ask God, God, is that something you want me to do? We'll take a couple of more minutes to give you some time to write. I strongly recommend doing this now because a lot of us say, oh, I'll do this when I get home. God knows I'm not going to do anything when I get home, right? I'm going to do whatever's waiting for me at home. So do this now. Imagine what the world would like would look like if everybody did this exercise once a week. If everybody did this exercise once a week at work, at church, 
on the subway, uh, at the gym, at the... If we would open our eyes just a little bit more to see the different roles, the different jobs, and give them value, inherent value for what they are. You'll tell me at work or at, or at, the, or at the gym or whatever, you know, Father John, some of it doesn't make sense. Some jobs look more important than others. Fine, I'll grant you that. But here at church, here at church, each one of them is important in as much as it brings pleasure to God. And it brings pleasure to God that he sees the members of the body serving and working together. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. Helen Keller says, Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. There's something fundamentally different about us working together than us working alone. Together we can win. God bless you. Let's stand and pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for being so loving, Lord, and that you have such thoughtful purpose for each one of us, for each job, Lord, in the body. And each job, though it be modest, though it be hidden, though it be concealed, brings you just as much pleasure as, as the head that carries the crown, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to descend as you descended, to serve as you served, to get down on our, on our hands and knees and wash each other's feet the same way that you did, that you give us the opportunity, Lord, to descend and to seek the, the, the roles which may be glorious or may be very modest, but it doesn't matter because they give glory to you. They give joy to you. They give pleasure to you. They give enjoyment to you. Give us, Lord, to remove our eyes from ourselves and to fix our eyes on you and to make you indeed serving you, loving you, glorifying you, worshiping you, praising you, sharing you with others, to make that indeed the purpose of our lives. You, Lord, to make you the full purpose of our lives. In your mighty name we pray through the intercessions and prayers of all your saints, Archangel Michael and John the Baptist and Saint Abraham whose feast is today and Saint Moses, Saint Catherine, all of our friends who are in paradise. Hear us, Lord, as we pray to you, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Us this in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. And now the love of God the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace and may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.